Welcome to Ottawa Valley Vineyard, where we simply want to help you encounter Jesus, be transformed, and share his love. Um, the story of Jesus, of course, was miracles and healings and, and people acclaiming him for his incredible goodness. Uh, when we were teaching last week, we talked about Palm Sunday, where he came into town Jerusalem like literally acclaimed as king by the people sneered at by the rulers uh, but recognized for his wonderful deeds but at the same time he was telling a story of a greater way of saving them than a political revolution and that's what we get to today in the story uh, Jesus um, died for our sins this incredible person who loved and cared and uh, blessed made others angry, people who killed him. Now that wasn't just uh, a cause and effect result of his actions, that was part of a plan of God to let there be a sacrifice for all of the sins of humanity. And that sacrifice would be his own son. And so Jesus went to a, a sham of a trial. Uh, he was whipped and beaten. His clothes were torn off him. He was sneered at. And ultimately, Roman soldiers took his hands and nailed them to a cross and hung him there and watched and waited for him to die uh, while his followers fled and others looked on and some people sort of must have gathered around like Mary is described as sort of being there and watching this all unfold uh, with grief in her heart and, and a mouth that was silent, hoping not to be arrested herself. Um, and same true of other uh, disciples, but just this incredible moment. And we're gonna pick this uh, difficult, painful, grief-filled moment up uh, in the book of Luke chapter 23, verse 44. And I just wanna notice one thing uh, in that passage. Um, and, and just spend a moment talking about it. Uh, so Jesus is hanging on the cross at this point, and it says this, it was now about the sixth hour, and there was darkness over the whole land until the ninth hour while the sun's light failed. And ultimately then, of course, Jesus cries out, uh, my God, my God, why have you forsaken me? And dies after that point. But I just want us to notice that moment of the sun being darkened in the middle of the day. Uh, because it speaks to something really important in the story. Um, you know, several hundred years before Jesus uh, was crucified, um, God was still talking to his people and calling them to repentance and calling them to uh, deal with the sin and idolatry that was a part of their lives. And one of those prophets who was speaking to the nation of Israel uh, was a man named Amos. And he was uh, calling out in the time of uh, another wicked king, a King Uzziah, a uh, king who was oppressing the people, like Herod was oppressing the people of Jerusalem, like Rome was oppressing the Jewish people at that time. And God is speaking about bringing freedom and dealing in judgment with uh, wickedness in the world. And the way Amos describes uh, God's uh, dealing in judgment with this difficult, difficult time was this. He says in verse 9 in chapter 8 in the book of Amos, And on that day declares the Lord God, I will make the sun go down at noon and darken the earth in broad daylight. I will make it 
like the grieving for an only son, and the end of it like a bitter day. I think that just speaks profoundly to the moment we just read about in Luke chapter 23, verse 44. Uh, when Jesus died, literally the heavens were darkened. Now we don't know, looking back, what happened, whether it was an eclipse. Uh, some people say it could have been a massive dust storm. Uh, some people say it was something that supernaturally, actually literally dimmed the sun. Uh, we don't know. But what I think the author of the book, Luke, is trying to tell us in this moment is that not only did, did God grieve, not only did something terrible happen to Jesus, but something happened on a cosmic scale. Something that had significance that went far beyond the people and the events immediately surrounding the cross. Something was happening in the life and the heart of God. Now, God sustains and upholds uh, the whole universe. He spoke it into existence with a word. And by his power, the stars were formed. By his power, the stars were ignited. The millions and millions and trillions of stars in the universe that we see, galaxies millions of light years away, all spoken into existence by the word of his power. I imagine they dimmed when he grieved the death of his son, like a grieving father who had lost his only son. Now that is so significant for us. What it tells us is that what Jesus accomplished by his death on the cross uh, was a sacrifice great enough to dim the stars. Uh, pain in the Father's heart great enough uh, to cause him to close his eyes. And I imagine the Father weeping. Now weeping not just over the death of his son, but weeping over the nature of it. Weeping over the sins that his son uh, was bearing on the cross with nails driven through his hands. Weeping at the weight of the sins of the world people that he created to love and cherish and care for and have relationship with and joy and worship and peace and happiness, uh, we betrayed him. We went our own way. We decided ultimately as human beings to worship ourselves and we see endless stories of sorrow and grief and murder and destruction of the planet and destruction of people and the stealing of people's lives. Uh, we see the Holocaust. Uh, we see the great wars. Uh, we see a brokenness that's in the very fabric of the earth in COVID-19. We see that we live on a broken planet. But what we need to know from this moment of the sun being darkened is that God grieved all of that. all of that. He feels its weight. He let himself, the God who should be able to be distant from his creation and dispassionate and uncaring and viewing it from a high and lofty place uh, like an equation, entered into it in such a way that it literally dimmed his heart. What we take from that 
is that the sacrifice of Jesus was sufficient for us. It was it was enough for all of the sin and grief that you have caused other people, that I have caused other people, for every lie I've told, for every uh, brokenness that's in me that's cost life, that's taken life from another person, for every selfishness where I've taken life to myself when it should have been given to my child. He's taken that. And he has grieved everything that has happened to you. Every pain that you have experienced. Every sin that's been done against you. Everything that's been stolen from you. Everyone who has been wounded by another. He has sufficiently and deeply and powerfully grieved that. And the reason he's done so is so that we here and now don't have to bear the full weight of it. He has set us free. Now we live still in a world where uh, we feel those bumps and bruises and pain and the world isn't ultimately uh, made new yet. But he is taking the project upon himself. He is making it new. He is setting us free. And ultimately, when we pass from this earth, we find ourselves at home with him in heaven, in bliss and in joy. Everything from the past of humanity's sin and everything through to the present, everything in us, everything that has happened to us, has been dealt with in that moment on the cross when Jesus cried out in the midst of a world of a darkened sun and said, Oh my God, my God, why have you forsaken me? In that moment, he was finished. And of course, we look towards Easter. We look towards the moment of the resurrection, the moment of restoration, the moment that signifies to us that that payment was paid in full and that we are ultimately free and that life returns to Jesus' body and life will return to us and this planet, this world will be made new. But all of that happened because Jesus paid and God grieved. Jesus has paid it all for you and for me. Thanks for joining us. To connect to the ministries of Ottawa Valley Vineyard, visit ovv.ca.